0: The spoiler alert! A weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. I'm your host Sean Dunham, and I'm joined by two people that I want to uh, take to a little pumpkin patch photo shoot and wear cute matching little booties with. Is Sonia Stanger <laughs> and Jeremy Laguie. Well,
1: hello. Hi, Hi. Cute.
0: Very cute. We get our long hair, and we have a little apple cider. <laughs> I'm feeling very fall.
1: I'm feeling it this as well. Sweat. What I want to
0: do to you too. Oh, so fall. Oh, so fall. of
1: weather.
0: Um, now on a more of like a somber note, um, something happened between the recording uh of our last episode, and we didn't comment it on it. Um, this is something that every news outlet has been talking about, but we would probably be remiss if we didn't uh, mention it. Um, and that is the fall of one of our finest crown jewels, the Rainbow Movie Theater. It's true. You
1: tricked it me for true. a second there, Sean.
0: <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I didn't think we're going here.
1: <laughs> I was like, we said we wouldn't talk about this because I'm gonna offend some people on the radio. But no, she's, we can warn she's the She's gonna rainbow.
0: go. She's gonna go off. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yesterday, we're uh, magic of recording, recording this on a Monday, and it, the last night was last night on a Sunday.
2: That's it. It's Do you guys sad. have any
0: rainbow, rainbow memories, mem gems to expound, expat? Uh,
2: at at the end of film school, we all got to screen our films at the Rainbow. Really? Uh, yeah. So I have I have shown I have shown in that very theater, um, and it really it really does suck that it's it's gone. Did you see uh, your name
0: in the marquee
2: in the lights? Uh, I th- I think that the marquee said fourth year film screening. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, that um, implies <laughs> you, so it counts.
2: That's, that's that is true, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think that Regina just might not be big enough for that many theaters but how
0: and... we how have we been big enough in the past and suddenly not big enough now I know yeah, we I to, think we should I
1: think it's a pandemic and economy situation
2: definitely yeah
0: we should vote out like everyone should have voted on the top on two mm-hmm. theaters to leave because we all know Landmark. sorry. We, all, we know that, uh, yeah, Northgate, sorry, you're cut. No one's going to you, no offense.
2: Mm. I uh, I will admit that there, like, for where I live, there has been a lot of ease in, like, showing up for a movie maybe 80 seconds before it started, throwing throwing two loonies on the floor and just walking in, uh, you know, and maybe my attitude there is part of why it's not uh, up and rolling. Yeah, but, that does um, sound
0: like people didn't uh, didn't appreciate the the treatments <laughs> of workers.
2: Um, yeah, well, I don't know. It was a weird situation, and like the budgetness of it is still very nostalgic. That's kind of not a thing anymore. Where you could like on a Tuesday, like you could take twenty friends for for like a five dollar bill, a ten like, spot, it, yeah, yeah. Like you're just getting in there like crazy, um, and like but it was it was not, always very privatey.
0: Not the, for nothing, but the, like, iconic decor. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there are those sconces, those those neon circles. Like, you don't mm-hmm. get that every day. It was the only um, place you
1: could still get a free refill on popcorn, which yes, is one of the, the, the things con- that I'm the maddest about in my life. The concessions
0: are so cheap. The concession stand also had that peach juice, the sort oh. of bubbling lava oh, peach yeah. juice that you don't see
2: around every day. There was also uh, some slush options if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, and I just mm-hmm. think the loss of Studio 7 is such a loss because yeah, luckily Studio
0: 7 brought in real real good films that you can't find anywhere else. That aren't going to go mm-hmm. other places.
1: And like thank goodness we still have the RPL Film Theater shout out because I feel like that's yep, now the only real. place in in the city where you can see that kind of more alternative stuff or, you know, international stuff that I think yeah. is really important.
2: Yeah. And I think all of this is to say that you know we may have lost some stuff in covid but uh, definitely go to the theater uh, and likely the RPL to make yeah, it, do that. Make, it yeah. make it a need you know
0: and everyone uh, pour out a box of sets to the rainbow cinemas Mhm
1: rest okay. in power
0: thank you that's that's beautiful Sean. thank you burr, burr, burr.
1: Yes. we should
0: have we should have had the tabs queued up what were we doing
1: <laughs> i'll do that for the for the game
0: yeah, good idea. <laughs> okay, so the actual theme of this episode is not an homage to the rainbow, but it is just a straight-up what you're watching. A full episode, because we basically... We haven't even broached these subjects the last few episodes, because we've been chock-full of Tolkien injection that mm-hmm. we had no time.
1: Well, And we oh, had wait, the whole month is... off.
0: And we had the whole month yeah. off.
2: Some this of This isn't another... Uh... Lord of the Rings episode? Because I just can't watch it. Jeremy, that's no. <laughs> that's not true at all.
0: Well I'm... there is the the content is there. You could have.
1: But I'm not cut up. See.
2: Yeah. Oh no. But uh I also am quite hobbited out. I turned uh I think there's a new episode of the Rings of Power, and I watched it for like eighty I don't know, eighty-five seconds, and uh, I just like Switch to something else (laughs) oh really yeah Yeah, i need a little break i need a little break here
0: you're like i get me out of
2: this world it's good it's just a lot that's all
1: i started listening to an audiobook of the silmarillion to help me go to sleep and it does it every time
2: yeah so you went the other way with it you went more intense
1: well i wanted to learn more but then i keep falling asleep every time i hear it so now it's just become my bedtime thing
0: uh-huh. Um, i watched a tiktok on a woman who photoshopped um sideburns on the elves to make them seem more <laughs> approachable and it definitely worked a lot better did it
1: that's the yes. one i was talking about i was talking about this on our lord lord the rings episode sean it must have made its way from oh, yeah. my for you page to yours
0: <laughs> it, it hopped into my fyp and yeah. i was well, like she's got a point now does. it's
2: coming to mind
1: yeah here just give see. it a few days that's H-
2: the way here. it works yep
0: um okay well who has been watching something and who wants to speak of speak on it first who's willing to speak uh, on
2: it uh may, may i insert uh, a short life story to inform you guys about my existence you may. uh since we've last talked about what you've watching oh okay. um, yeah so so uh, a situation in my life has occurred everything is fine everything's okay But I now have to run on the treadmill for something like 160 minutes a week. And because of that, uh, I get to watch TV the whole time. Mm. That's my that's my boon here. Right. Uh, Anyway, I cannot convey to you the dread that is a slow, meaningful part of a television show when I just want to see some stuff blow up while I'm running on the treadmill to be (laughs) distracted. And a lot of the stuff I'm concerned that I have formed opinions that are not really there because I associate it with the dreaded treadmill.
0: Yes. Dreadmill, (laughs) as
2: you call it. The dread, the dread, hop on the dreadmill. Um, But uh, I cannot tell you guys the elation of Wednesdays and weekends where I don't have to get up and run on the treadmill. Um, But uh, uh, a lot of this was watched whilst on the mill. Uh, and, (laughs) and the key to, uh, my success or failure on here, I would like to talk about, uh, Netflix hit show Sandman. Mm. Okay. Uh, this is of course based off Neil Gaiman's sort of like big original comic, uh, about the Lord of Dreams, Morpheus, whatever you want to call him, uh, who gets trapped in a crystal ball for like a hundred years. And then a, people on Earth can't dream, and all these things go bad, and he has to sort of set things right. And you guys, the show is very good. I like it a lot. I'm I'm interested in it. There's parts I didn't like. There is an episode where he walks around with his sister Death, and they talk about human lives for forty minutes. And I am oh, just God. panting on this treadmill, <laughs> <writing>. just waiting, <laughs> waiting for him to turn someone into sand or for some like or for them to he, just uh, come claim you. he and his sister make a bet so they make a man live forever to and they meet him every hundred years to like learn more about him this is just one particular episode and like it's incredibly compelling work that i think if i had been sitting with a nice cola just drinking in uh, and like have you guys seen american gods yeah um
0: i read it i haven't seen it
2: yeah oh well either way neil gaiman has this thing where he'll go off on like a tangent And, like, it's relevant, but it's not. And, like, it's a really cool way of exploring things that are going on. And ultimately, like, it's this very beautiful moment of why, like, Death loves her job personified as a woman. Uh, And, like, how she helps people and what it's like. And it's just, like, all these people sort of dying again and again. And it's sad, but it's interesting. And I am just, like, trying to get the sweat off my brow with my T-shirt as I'm, like, (laughs) running watching this thing. Um, But Sandman was really good. I liked it. It was pretty crazy. A lot of really great performances in it. Have you guys watched it?
0: No, it's one of those ones that I'm like, this seems dense for me. Or like, uh, it doesn't seem like a breeze in, breeze out moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm like kind of keeping it for, I don't know, my next big stomach flu or whatever. Just (laughs) kidding. I never get sick. I'm like, I don't know. It's... I'm. I'm not writing it off. I am quite interested, actually. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's coming.
2: but uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's got some like well, American Gods vibes, just because of the way they were made, and it does feel very comic booky. And there's like three or four parts that are almost like stories that have their own beginning, middle, and end, and some are longer, some are shorter. Uh, so it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Nice
1: it's on the list for sure.
0: Ms. Stanger.
1: Um, okay, well, speaking of the rainbow, um, a recent rainbow memory of of mine and the last time I was there, very sadly, I actually went twice in one day. <laughs> by <laughs> Just by chance. I had plans to go double, to a movie. Double tap. I had plans to yeah. go to a movie and then Sean texted me and was like, hey, want to go see this tonight? And I was like, double tip let's go but so the oh, first you, remember, movie, you
0: went to a movie with me do you
1: <laughs> okay
0: you remember
1: <laughs> that's deep lore <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's deep deep podcast lore one time I forgot I went to a movie with Sean and said it was a different friend and I have regretted it until this day <laughs> uh,
2: I actually you guys,
0: don't, I don't feel any shame
2: uh, yeah Sonia that, like that was one of my favorite things in my life <laughs> like that was one of my top ten moments a father See? and a husband yeah. it was great it was so good well I'm so like glad. it's a I'm glad I got like it. Like it's a high like it's an eight, nine, ten, but it's there. That's
1: I'm honestly feel the hashtag was Um just to add insult to injury, I'm gonna talk about the movie I didn't see with Sean that day. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with Friends of the Show, Bishop Sommerfeld. Shout out, Bishop. Um and that was Marcel the Shell with shoes on. The movie. So first of all, are you guys familiar with Marcel's over
0: well, and who he is. Am I do know that he, he, it, they began <laughs> as a YouTube video, and then, unlikely in my case, became a film. And I didn't really, I wasn't even aware that it was developing until I was in Nope, and the trailer before it had, was for Marcel the Shell. And an older woman beside me screamed when he came on screen because she... And she yelled, there's an eye in there. Because it was the shell, but like with an eye inside. And she reacted like it was a full horror movie. And it was the weirdest reaction I've ever seen. It's extremely funny. That's the only thing I really know.
1: It's extremely funny because Marcel is a little anthropomorphic shell with one eye in him and some shoes on. He's a shell with shoes on. Um, And so, yeah, this was a creation of jenny slate and her then husband dean Flesher camp in 2010 they put out this youtube video that they had created jenny slate does the voice of just this like extremely adorable whimsical weird little shell being and it's like in the style of a documentary where the filmmaker is like dean is, is interviewing marcel about his existence and it's just like I, it's very two thousand. It feels very two thousand and ten. Like it feels very like twee and kind of like not ironic, but like not like there's a there's a, there's an irony in there somewhere. But to me, it's just the sweetest like thing. American and Apparel
0: I, is involved.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, and so yeah, was very into it when it came out the year after I graduated high school. It was like then they put out like a second one the next year and then like another one the next year and they were just these like whimsical silly YouTube videos that are very cute but so then I heard last year that they were coming out with a movie um and I was like okay what could this even be and basically it's about the documentarian Dean um following Marcel around and Marcel telling the story of like his being separated from his family in a very sad and adorable and tiny way um But it's basically, like, the movie, so the movie's about Marcel and trying to find his family and, like, navigating the world in his own tiny way. But it is also about Dean and Jenny Slate uh, processing their divorce, because they got divorced a a couple years ago. And so it's, like, one of the most emotionally poignant and, like, maybe deepest movies I've ever seen, despite being a very silly and whimsical an adorable movie about a shell, and I did cry. Honestly, this might take the cake for the most I've ever cried in a movie. Like I almost cried straight all the way through, and I was PMSing at the time, so that's a, a qualifier. But
0: oh my god, I hope you had a uh, a saline drip.
1: I had, was something. drinking the water throughout, but yeah, I highly recommend. It's extremely adorable. It'll make you feel things. I could see, I guess, how how a, a woman would be scared to see Marcel appear on the screen, but I love him. I recommend. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Sonia, I, I will say that I, I am quite captivated by your words this day. <laughs> I've never heard of this yeah. ever in even, my life. <laughs> even the YouTube video? I've no, I've never heard of any of this ever. Oh my and, gosh. And, uh, I'm, I've got a thing up from October 16, 2010. It's got 33 million views. Yeah,
1: like and he's a af- sensation.
2: After this show, I'm going to learn some stuff.
1: Yeah, no, like okay. What
2: were you
0: doing in 2009, Jeremy? Uh, work school. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> work school? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, I could school see your course.
1: face as you were Googling things while I was talking. And I was like, I need Science. to know what's going on in his mind because your faces were good. <laughs> but yeah, Marcel, uh, the show? it looks awesome. Cool.
0: Um, well, Hooray. I well, I watched a great little film on the streaming ser- service Disney Plus. Um, it's two- t- 2022 action sci-fi film Prey. Mm. And it is the latest um, offering in the Predator franchise. Oh. And it is so good. i um, So it stars... Um, well, actually, so it takes place... Uh, actually, I'm not exactly sure the timeline, but we're talking, you know, like, late 1600s or so. It's, like, uh, a young Comanche woman is just, like, living her life with her dog. Um, and she is... Uh, She's like a skilled hunter and she is realizing that there's something stalking her tribe. Um, And then everyone's like, yeah, it's like a bear, I'm sure, or whatever. And she's like, it does not seem to be a bear. And you slowly find out that there is Predator, the alien who is like invisible and is like very skilled at obviously preying on things. And at the same time, there's also like French colonists, like kind of tracking the tribe as well. And so she wages, like, war against both of these factions, and she just uses her extreme, like, uh, skills and eventually, like, defeats the bad guys. Spoiler alert. But, yeah, it's so simple and smart and, like, scary. And it's a hot 100 minutes. Um, The main actress is named Amber Midthunder, and she is, like normally is like a stunt woman but now but she uh is obviously got a lead in this and um yeah she's just such a good protagonist I enjoyed this film a lot it's such a good summer watch even though now it's summer is wrapping up but I suggest it to you guys because I would not normally find myself a way into the predator franchise but I very much enjoyed it
1: nice yeah I think this will be my end to the franchise as well
0: it's literally one uh, of those things where I was like, "There's no way she can win against this, this predator," but she, against all odds, like figured out a way, and I you like, mean, don't I really think, see it coming, and it was great.
2: Yeah, like if Topher Grace can survive, <laughs> anyone can survive, right? I think that's a <laughs> okay. I think, so I like, think that's something we've all learned.
0: Because I was kind of looking, I was like, "Okay, there's the Arnold one from like the '80s, and then there's like a '90s one with Danny Glover, mm-hmm. and then." There's a Topher Grace one?
2: When's that? Yeah, no, there's a bunch of them. There's like because uh, then they did the whole alien versus predator oh, thing. Oh, of course, and, of course. And of course. and they got they got a little they had a little zany. And there's one with I the only person I can really think who's in it that stands out is Olivia Munn for some reason. Um but that one also got a little crazy. And then they started making newer ones that were like a bit more serious and a bit more sort of true to form in terms of, like, be like it's not a horror movie, but, like, they're doing horror movie stuff yeah. in an action movie.
0: I just thought it was yeah. very smart to have this, like, a being that pops into Earth every once in a while... And it's like, why wouldn't they have visited, like, hundreds of years ago? And how would these people have dealt with it? And it was, mm-hmm. it's just a really cool concept and a good way to approach the same sort of thing again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in Predator 2, there's, uh, there's a scene where Danny Glover uh, finds the crashed alien craft. And he goes in, and, like, a Predator thing, and they, like, take trophies, Right. And, uh, and that's what the first time you saw, like, the alien head and stuff. Anyway, there's, like, a bunch of stuff in the spaceship. And a lot of people think they're making a movie for each thing that was oh, on the spaceship. Yeah. So, everyone for, like, years has been talking about this, like, samurai thing that's supposed to happen. And I don't know if it will, but, I mean.
0: Well, honestly, if they popped into, like, a feudal samurai timeline, that'd be great. I want to yeah, see I'd how they would do out. it.
2: I would check that
0: out. Um all right. Second round. Who's got something? Don't speak up unless it's good. Just
2: kidding. What if it's not what if it's not good?
0: Well, then I'll edit you out.
2: Oh, okay. Um in my this isn't going to be a long one. Uh in my treadmill watching, uh, mm-hmm. I have been watching uh and I finished uh Justin Royland's Solar Opposites. Mm. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> what, what what did you say, Sean?
0: <laughs> I don't know any of these words.
2: Uh, so the creator of Rick and Morty has made a different uh, thing with uh, Thomas Middleditch. I think I said his name right. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, it's about these aliens. There's two aliens, and they have replicants, so there's actually four aliens. And they crash land on Earth, and they have to uh, get their pupa to age uh, to terraform the planet and it's like this weird family like like they're they they function as a family maybe they're a couple maybe they're not it's it's strange i don't know um and uh <laughs> it's it's like these crazy different sci-fi hijinks that if you're like if you're into Rick and Morty it, it's a little zanier so you should watch it maybe right but there's this B plot where the kids get mad at people and then shrink them And keep them in this giant terrarium in their wall. And the people form a society in the wall. And there's, like, a post-apocalyptic event. And they, like, fight. And there's, like, factions and uprisings and stuff. And it is the craziest show I have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It is so weird. It, like... By the end of season two, it's like the people in the walls, like half the time. <laughs>
0: I love
1: that. I lo- yeah, I'm into <laughs> that.
2: It's it's so nuts. It's just so crazy. Uh, it's on Disney, which I also feel is just weird, but I guess that? that's where okay. it is. And they were originally on Hulu. And because of that, there's a lot of jokes about Hulu <laughs> where like, like they'll say something crazy and then it comes up like a big stamp that says like Hulu approved. And then like another stamp will come up and it's like we actually got Hulu's approval for this. And then at some point they were forced to do a Christmas episode. So there's a big stamp that's like Hulu made us do a Christmas episode. And like it's 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 wild. It's well, after absolutely the wild. Disney
0: Plus takeover. Are they
2: gonna edit They're on, yeah, they're on they're on stars now, so I don't know if there's more coming or not, uh, but um do do check. And do not try and watch it with your child because you shouldn't do that.
0: Well, that's very fun. <laughs> and maybe I will get some eyes on solar opposites. Uh-huh. Um. Any any hot one-minute vibes?
1: I know. I'm like, which one, what could I do in a minute? Um. Okay, actually, I got one. I recently watched the final season of Dairy Girls. You guys know what that is, right? About
0: about cows
1: yep. no sean i found some <laughs> teenagers some teenagers in the north of ireland during the troubles um in Derry <laughs> specifically and right. they have the best accents not that that's the point but it is a real draw for me at least it gets thick in my head and i find myself trying to do them and i can't and i won't do it now um but it's just a really great show it's a really great example of something where they were like okay hey, we have made this good thing We have made our like 20 episodes of it. We have told the story we wanted to tell. And now we're done. And I just love that, you know, when a creator gets in and out and does what they need to do. And it was a very satisfying wrap up, I felt. Um, It's such a great cast. And yeah, it's just an extremely charming show. And I think more people should watch it. And I think it's on, I think it's on Netflix now. I don't think the most recent season, most recent season is um yet but probably are there only two seasons i think there are three total and so i think oh. two are up there now but yeah what, what?
0: Do I recommend? thank you for that recommendation um well it's time to go get our last refill um keep listening and we'll be right back on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio tuned into the community And we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking more film and television. But first we'll play a little game. Lovingly called The Game. It's game time people.
1: I did say I would do this.
0: I know. Me me doing the 21 Diet Coke salute or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Twenty one not
2: salute. Yeah. True man. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend it wasn't that long this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. You guys, are you ready to play the game? I'm mm-hmm. ready. This week's title is Django and Django. That title again. Django and Django.
0: Django and Django. Because mm-hmm. we're Django and Django. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: okay, I think that Django and Django is a children's TV show that you've been uh, watching with your child of the show. um, And it's about, I think it's Australian, because Bluey is really hot right now. Maybe it's even a spin off mm. of Bluey. Um, So hot right now. And it's about about a dingo and a koala who are friends. And they're both named Django, but they spell it different ways. And they Uh go on little anthropomorphic Australian animal adventures (laughs) and learn life lessons. It's like seven minutes an episode. And it's adorable, Mm -hmm. but also not unlike Bluey, it has some really like deep adult themes thrown in. But in a way that kids can process, but so that parents can enjoy it too. That's what
2: I think it's about. Uh, Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Sean?
0: Um, Okay, so I believe it is about a little boy who doesn't have a lot of friends, doesn't, you know, his parents are always busy. So he just spends a lot of time in his room. And one day he's looking in his mirror and he realizes that his reflection is like doing things like, it's not following him exactly. And he's like, wait. And then they both realize that they are each living a rich inner life on the other side of the mirror as well. <laughs> Obviously, the child's name is Django. And so is Django and Django. And then, so they are they get into, like, little, uh, you know, they ha- sometimes they'll be like, oh, on your side, you have to go figure out this sort of uh, scavenger hunt thing. And then, so they just, each episode, they, like, have to... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they do. <laughs> they do some things, okay. <laughs> but the main part—some things happen. Some things, things happen. happen. But the main part is that they are each Django and Django on each side of a different l- world of the mirror.
2: I've, I'm like flop sweating. I'm like, <laughs> it was very hard for me to figure that out. He did a great job. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you both very much. Um, you both really went in directions that I didn't anticipate with that. Uh, both wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. But, or
0: north. Jeez.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if it's not if it's not interesting, um, I watched this sort of on a whim uh, earlier. Was that last week? Uh, anyway, it's a it's a nice hour and twenty minute documentary, mm. um, and it's sort of like. It's kind of weird because it's about uh, Django, the movie, the original movie, and then Django Unchained. And so it's an Italian documentary and the core of it is kind of this conversation with Quentin Tarantino in English. And it's fundamentally about, uh, I'm going to get the name here, Sergio Corbucci, who is the uh, director of um, uh, Django, the original, and like... Known in Italy as like the second best director, like that is his, you know, like it's Leone Corbucci, like that's the uh, certainly with regards to spaghetti westerns and that whole situation. Uh, no, well, no, just it's, it's western folks. Uh, anyway, are you in your feelings
1: uh, about that, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I regret <laughs> it saying that instantly.
2: <laughs> um, it's pretty good. You have to deal with Quentin in a pretty intimate way, uh, which which they they actually did a good job of like making him not in like himself, Mm. like they like they. There's a lot of cuts and they don't hide them, and like it's it's cohesive and logical and it it works out well, Um, and it is kind of like a history thing and sort of like a love letter to these old films uh, that are like. These Italian westerns that are made a particular way are at least 25% racist, if not more. And, like, mm-hmm. it sort of the Italian film industry at the time. It's pretty good. Uh, and if you're into that stuff, you should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not, I think, like, my wife would literally die of boredom watching this. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank you, Thank You, you. Or should you know, you I'm finding
0: accent. out... <laughs> Grazie, grazie. grazie, mille. i finding out so much about the intense push-pull of the entertainment in your guys' house. Mm. Like, one goes left, one goes right. Like, one's uh, upstairs, one could,
1: one's downstairs. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah.
2: Yeah, one could say we're solar opposites. Oh. One could say that. But
0: should one say that?
1: Solar opposites, um, but soulmates.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: we check Rory's room for the a community of tiny
2: people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She would. She, she would do. Would.
0: Okay. Let's get back into what you're watching. Um, I will bring up another film that Sonia and I did go see together in the theater at the Recently Deceased Rainbow, R.I.P. Um... And that is from 2022, Mrs. Eris goes to Paris.
1: Mrs. Eris, I say, I say.
0: <laughs> as sure as eggs as eggs, I like this movie. It's very cute. Yeah. So it's a 19... Well, it's not 1957. It is about a 1957 British cleaning lady who gets... Becomes, like, obsessed with the idea of owning and wearing a Dior dress. And she just, like... um. And fate intervenes in a myriad of insanely incredible ways to let her uh, achieve this goal. Um, and was did sometimes I turn to Sonia and say, "Okay, really?" Because literally, like, a yeah. like a stack of money would fall into her lap, or like, um, like a man would like sweep in and be like. Oh, I, why don't I give you a ride to this thing that you is holding you back? Like everything just worked out perfectly for Mrs. Harris. But that was a lot of the, that was a bit of the appeal to me Mm -hmm. is how just like completely unrealistic, coincidentally transcendent, uh, like omnipotent person looking up for Mrs. Harris. Um, and yeah, it's just so, it was so heartwarming. Obviously the coincidence is astronomical, as I say, Um, and Leslie Manville was so cute with all these little washer lady, um, like idioms and all the people she meets are so obsessed with her and she's obsessed with them. And I don't know what, what say you Sonia? Was there more to it than this?
1: (laughs) I don't know that there was. I think it is just like a movie fully outside of reality, but in a very delicious and enjoyable way. Like just fluffy and warm and like pretty and fun like to look at.
0: Ultimate feel good. Like all, even the, you know the parts where it's like, uh, to raise the tension were like, that's not that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The stakes were low. It was all a dress, so yeah, that was nice. But like, and it also wasn't like fluffy and outside of reality in a way that like ignored other people's oppression which i feel like is a thing that happens sometimes you know where it's like in order to like have this fluffy thing you're like glazing over a bunch of really bad things that might be happening in the background and that like wasn't present in this i feel like
0: and that's nice yeah we do yeah that's very true um jeremy have you felt the urge to see this
2: (laughs) uh i i think i have heard about this uh and i mean like not really i'd probably watch it, it i know honestly
0: fun. get ellen on the horn i feel like <laughs>
1: ellen would love it i would actually ellen could be into this. love to watch you watching it i think you would be extremely bored but yeah <laughs> it's funny to think though. i think
2: well we'll see at some point i'll watch it you'll be like at some point at some point i'll watch everything
0: <laughs> that is a brave statement impossible um Yeah, Isabelle Huppert is the villainess. But honestly, not even that bad.
1: Yeah. Like, mostly she's just Uh, extremely competent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's just, like, really good at her job. And then they're like... And then she's like, oh, Mrs. Aris, you're so annoying. And that's, like, it.
1: But yeah, quite Uh, the
0: romp. Very rompy. Ah... Jeremy, what else has the Dreadmill uh, brought you to?
2: Uh, well, uh, in in a boon. Uh, and I, I at some point I think I'll get bored of talking about Star Wars. Uh, today is th- not that th- day, is it? That's not th- That's not to- that's not today. Um, but um, Andor has come out, which is the next show,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: depicting uh, I think his name is like Cassian Andor, uh, who was a character in Rogue One. And we all, spoiler alert, know he dies in Rogue One. But yeah, this is, he, is sort of uh, his
0: is he her friend? I don't even know him.
1: Pedro Pascal, right?
2: No, no no no. That's the Mandalorian. See this is the problem. There's too many things. There's too many things. There's oh. too there's too many here. I'll just do a quick goog.
0: Um that actor was the was another sort of uh popping off Latino actor, right? Diego Luna.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. I yeah. got them
2: mixed up. Uh, anyway, um, there's uh, a bunch of people in here. Uh, Stellan St- Skarsgård is uh one who also stands out. Um it's really good. It's like it's 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 actually very good. And I would say it's maybe even better than The Mandalorian. Uh and certainly better than the other things they've been putting out. Well, lately. to
0: be honest, The Mandalorian ha- only had that little cutie. Like that would do yeah, a lot of the
2: marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's very true. Um, and I'm talking about Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean true. A boom. Uh anyway, um it I think that this is made by a different team of people. So like the Mandalorian and all that stuff has like the new technology with the volume and the screens and all of the things happening. And then for this they kind of built like a little town that everyone's acting in. Like the the physical sets are there. Um it's really like surprisingly good. Like, like I'm almost weirded out at how good it is. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff they usually do that isn't there. Like um, they don't explain a lot of stuff. They just assume, you know, what's happening for the most part and like roll with it. Nice. Uh, and the first three episodes came out and they're just about him trying to get away because uh, some people got shot. I'm not going to elaborate on it, but that's mm-hmm. what happened. Uh anyway it's quite good. Uh it's not as for kids as I kind of thought it would be in a surprising way. But uh if it's a good start point. Like this like it's a good like if you've never been into it or anything like it's a good point to just like start watching it and not worry about the past stuff.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny that we're at a weird point where it's like they keep digging through the source material so thoroughly that we're getting stories that are almost originals, but it's just because they're so removed from the, like the deepest, darkest, uh, sub sub character from like the first film.
2: Yeah. And like, this is like, they're, they're pretty far. Like they've gotten it far away. And I think that that's probably what's helping it, helping it out. But um, it feels just like, like something Because the main thing is, like,
0: a cool new. world. Like, you want to see more of this weird world.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, uh, yeah, you should check it out. And if you haven't been into Star Wars, check it out.
1: This is okay. your time.
2: This is it. Yeah. Imagine
0: getting into Star Wars in 2022.
1: <laughs> with Andor.
0: With Andor. Whew. it's time. It's time, you guys.
1: Yeah.
0: Um sorry, I was trying to think of an uh, and or joke, and I almost had one, but it's over. Um, Okay. (laughs) Sonya, what else you got?
1: Okay, well, I I'm having, like, a Mandela effect right now, where I'm like, okay, did I talk about this on the show? But I don't think I did, because we didn't have any shows in August, and this thing came out in August. And so, I can't have. Like, I don't think we've done what you're watching since then. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing is, Like every queer femme on the planet, I think, I absolutely gobbled up and have, and will again, uh, the recent adaptation of A League of Their Own, the TV series.
0: And I will confirm to you that you have not talked about it on this film, on this
1: series. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that confirmation. Um, then I will go off. Um, go yeah. off. I will say, going into this, I was very skeptical because I was like, ugh, another remake? Like, is this what oh, we yeah. need? Can't we just tell a new story? I don't know how to feel about this. But that was before I knew that Abby Jacobson of Broad City, which fans will know is like my favorite show of all time, uh, co-created this. And it's also stars in it. Um, and before I got some little eyeballs on it. And so... Basically, this is um, a reimagining of kind of the original story in increased complexity and depth, I would say. Um, So it focuses on the creation of the first all-women's baseball teams in the States during the Second World War. Um, And it just is really great, you guys. I really, really like it. Um, the cast is amazing. It's this huge ensemble cast of women, many of whom are actually queer, which I think is amazing. Um, and it, it, it injects all of the gayness that was there under the surface in the original one and would have been there if they had been honest and brave, which I understand why they couldn't make that movie in the nineties. But eighties, late eighties, early nineties,
0: like nineties, I think mid nineties,
1: well, Yeah. It doesn't matter. anyway it was in like you know what i mean like it was there but it wasn't explicit and now it is very much explicit um it features darcy carden in i don't know possibly the most mind-meltingly hot i can't even talk about it my brain just fried trying to imagine her as greta gill um this like extremely hot femme lesbian um, and it's really great, like it it also brings in like the segregation issue and I think deals with that in a really smart way where the black characters aren't just sidelined, but actually have their own very rich lives and it deals with like what that experience was like for them. Um, it actually features like, uh, spoiler alert, a, a black trans character who's much older and is in like a long term stable committed relationship, which is just like a really special thing that we don't get to see very often that's played by an actual trans mask person. Um, so yeah, I just really loved it. And it, it's like, there's so much great yearning, but it's not just yearning, which you never get in a sapphic movie or a sapphic thing. Like, it's always just that impossible longing and it never comes to anything, but there's lots of great kissing in this. Lots of girls kissing girls. So yeah. And a character from Saskatchewan. So that's fun. From Moose Jaw.
0: Right. Little Moose Jaw, Moose Jaw gal. Um, I... I, how do I feel about this? I enjoyed, I am enjoying the series, but it is one of those things where like, they have included scenes that are direct sort of like, okay, A League of Our Own is like a perfect movie. I love a movie. Mm -hmm. And when they will do like, oh, we all, all the gals sneak out and they go to the bar dancing or like we're doing tryouts. Like, they will do the thing in the the series, but honestly, I'm like, I just want to watch the scene again in the movie because it's, like, not, I don't know, even know if I'm like, it's just not what I, exactly what I wanted, which might be on my, it might be my my fault, but, and also, where... I don't enjoy Abby Jacobson that much. Fair. She's like, is very firmly like sitting in 2010 with, uh, like, like that character is just always going to be in like 20, like 15 or whatever to me. And, um, so she's not like, she's not doing bad, but she just like is straight up. Um, she's not doing that much character work, I guess for me. But Darcy Carden is awesome. Um, also, how tall is she? That's a secret aside. Because sometimes when they cut to like just a, her standing beside people, I'm like, this woman is secretly like six feet tall.
1: She melts my brain. I, I can't. I honestly can't. I can't process her. But no, you're so right, John. Abby is not the strongest part of the show at all. And it's like, you wouldn't be in this role if you weren't the creator and writer of the show. Yeah. But um, I do. Yeah.
0: All, I do like all the the supporting characters. Very fun um and uh yeah i don't know i don't know i don't have any it's not bad critiques and i will keep watching obviously but it just kept making me think i'm like damn league of our own is such a good movie oh and also marla hooch erasure how can we not have a marla hooch the best character on (laughs) like in cinema
1: (laughs) Well, Kate, no i think this is so valid because when something is like really near and dear to your heart and familiar to you, any adaptation of that thing is going to be like under the microscope and it's going to be hard to measure up. So I so get that, Sean. And I haven't watched it in a long time and have only ever seen it like a few times in my life. So that's, it It looms a lot less large for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but just also...
2: Like they shouldn't remake stuff that we really love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, it kind of feels like a, I don't know, it feels like a correction almost because
0: or like a love letter to or something.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah. love letter to the original for sure, but I feel like it's a correction of the record in that it's giving us the queerness that we didn't that we weren't allowed to have with the first one. And it, like that's I think a very important queer movie for a lot of people and it, there's just something about like making it explicit and giving giving the audience what they actually deserve that feels worth it to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, May may I ask a question, Mm -hmm. please? Uh, Would would this project be better served if it simply wasn't called a League of Their Own? Like this is a story that they made a movie about. They can make a show about it. There's no like the the same characters aren't in it, are they? Like is it like from Dust Till Dawned or is it like no? Although Rosie
1: does make a cameo as like a queer elder who runs this the like secret queer bar. And it's the best. Does she? Yeah.
0: I have, yeah. No, that's I've, awesome. I'm only up to. I've only watched a few episodes, I guess.
1: But that's interesting, but- Jared. I I see what you mean. I think it would still draw a lot of comparisons. Like I think mm-hmm. I think yeah. that people would be like, "This is kind of this anyway." So I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, it's still like I don't know because you can make you can make a movie. There's a lot of movies that are about baseball that are not sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, like that's like, that would be crazy. So, to assume that just because this is made about the same subject... Again, if it had the same characters in it, then maybe it's a remake, but maybe not. But, uh... I feel like it's just really annoying that, like... To make something like this, they feel like they have to tie it to something that's already been successful. Right? Like, that's the thing that I think sucks. Because you could have... Literally nothing could change. Except for the title. And... Like, it could be the identical show and just not be tied to that movie in the same way. And then I wonder if those feelings just go away, Sean. Right? Like, it's just more content about a thing you enjoy as opposed to a recreation of it. And uh, it makes me sad when they do it. Because I feel like the conversation was, oh, this project won't have be able to stand on its own legs unless it's tied to this successful thing. And yeah. someone... Did that, you know? Anyway,
0: it is. Yeah, I guess if it's it's making me inherently compare them against each other, which is like not, not really fair. Right, but
1: but I think you kind of would anyway, and I think it's in conversation with the original. Like I think mm-hmm. I think there is that relationship anyway, so it doesn't really make sense to me that you would pretend there isn't. Does that make right. sense?
2: But like, like you, but you don't like compare World War Two movies the way that you're comparing these two projects. Right? Like, like, it's not...
0: Well, it's also the a World only... War II movie.
2: That's true. But, like, you know, you might say, I like this one better than this one, or I like this depiction better than this thing, but they're all about the same event. Right? Like, it's it's all... But this is, like, I am willing to lay money down that this was a conversation about they don't think it'll be successful unless it's this depiction of it. Which is interesting, because right? like,
1: I don't think that's what's made it successful. I think... It's huge popularity with queer audiences is what's made it successful. No, I, so that's I, really interesting. I completely,
2: but I think the people funding it mm-hmm. would not have gone in without that blanket, like that safety net. Which oh, is stupid yeah, because it would know. have been successful. Like it's a it's an original idea that's done well. Like you and think like, the
0: elevator pitch was like It's like a league of our own meets the L word, like they have to right. do like a Yeah. yeah. I see you what know. you mean.
2: And everyone's like blowing their minds because Oh, all this queer content is coming out, and it's actually really good because all of the heterosexual content is so boring. <laughs> like we've done it, we like like let's learn something new, right? Yeah. Like like pets
0: are in a flop era. Mm-hmm. Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get with um, the chair. Okay, um, we have less than a minute left. I will say that another thing I am well just currently watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And uh, She-Hulk, both uh, Marvel's Ms. Maisel, amazing, incredible, love it. She-Hulk, I, uh, let me let me wait, let me see. It's <laughs> I, uh, she's in it's Hulk form soon. a lot, and she looks really weird as Hulk form. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, but over. the main the main thing that I'm ingesting a lot of. Is a TikTok series um, of a concert by the Miami <laughs> Boys Choir. Oh God, Jeez. And I don't they, get it. I they, don't get it. I cannot stop listening to this song. It's like Harushalayim, and it's just these soaring preteen harmonies <laughs> for this like insane uh, '80s music and this choreo and a saxophone, and it's just like one of the most watchable things you'll ever see in your life.
1: <laughs> Hilarious.
0: And will this probably be like dead by the time this even comes out? Probably. But for now, I'm enjoying. All right. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. We are broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow. And have a good night. Bye. See ya. Bye.